to retire into a soft life, you'll need a leg up on your retirement planning. Listen to this episode for tips and facts to use to your retirement benefit. So I don't have a salary which can you know, fund you know, paying off a vehicle. So I want to make sure that I've got capital in order to pay for a, for a vehicle every 5, 6, 10 years, whatever your values around cars are. Once you've taken all those expenses out, that would give you a fairly good idea of what you know, rand amount you're going to need when you get to retirement. Then you've got to plug that in and you've got to future value that. So then you've got to say, okay, well that, you know, 10,000 rand or 15,000 rand a month now, you know, with inflation is probably going to be, you know, 40, 50,000 rand by the time I get to retirement. So the, the big part of this conversation, therefore, is inflation. So you can't say that I need 15 grand when I retire in, tw- in 20 years time. You know, you've got to take that inflation into account. So I think that's where a lot of miscalculations come in. So you need to be able to increase that by inflation. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications, your cool guide to investing. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ At Large, and today's episode is all about saving towards retirement. This is extremely important, especially in a country where only 6% of the population are on track to retiring comfortably. Why are people not investing and saving towards retirement? What's going on? And when we talk about save enough, what is enough exactly so we'll be hanging out with the head of easy wealth craig Torton, who is also a certified financial planner to tell us everything we need to know about retirement you know why should we be saving and how can easy equities assist us with this craig welcome to the easy does it podcast before we get into this very important topic of retirement uh, i've got another random money question for you are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. So if uh, South Africa was coming up with a brand new currency, what would you call it? And you were in charge of this. Maybe something like Bitrand, uh, you know, it's going along the lines of, uh, of Bitcoin, you know, just because of the whole crypto craze that's going on around the world at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, seriously, maybe something like, like the Rainbow Rand or, you know, the Ubuntu to dollar, you know, just something that talks to, to our culture and our values and, and, and our history and, and how we just want to build, you know, our nation going forward. Hey? Oh, I absolutely love that one. I love it. So today's episode is all about retirement. I know it's something that you know is very, very important as a financial planner. Why is it so important to start saving towards retirement as early as possible? Uh, You know, most of the time we advise that you should do it from the moment you get your first paycheck. Why is it so important? Sure. So I've had so many, you know, interviews with, with clients and discussions around retirement and and the, the, the quote that often comes up is, you know, why didn't I start doing this earlier? You know, why has it taken me so long to realize that um, I should have started saving at an earlier point in time? So, so I think I've just heard lots of lessons, you know, um, and, you know, just listen to clients and just listening and hearing them say that they just wish that they had started saving earlier because they've already started seeing the benefits and how compound interest and how growth is starting to happen within the investment. So trying to encourage a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old to save for retirement is, is really difficult, you know, because they're starting out, uh, you know, they've just gone through maybe varsity or school or whatever the case is. So it is quite difficult to, uh, you know, that word retirement to, uh, to kind of filter in their mindsets. 
But at the end of the day, you know, compound interest is, is probably the biggest factor. Um, and even if we take the word retirement out of it and just focus on long-term investing. So just create this good habit and this culture within your financial portfolio to say, I'm going to be in this for the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Instead of, I'm buying the share today, I'm going to see how it goes for the next couple of weeks and I'm going to sell it. So I think it's creating a good habit in your portfolio and just having that mindset to say, well, I'm in this for the next 20, 30 years. And I think that's going to encourage a lot of people to save more for the long term and they're going to benefit from it. Yeah. And I mean, you, you've mentioned the reasons why it's so important. And of course, compound interest is part of it because, you know, you know, the power of compounding, um, sh- uh, you know, it, it becomes stronger the longer the money sitting with your investment itself. If it's so important, Craig, why are South Africans still not saving towards retirement? Perhaps you can maybe share um, encounters that you've had with clients where clients has not saved a cent. I mean, what are some of the reasons? I think South Africa has its own, you know, set of dynamics and challenges compared to, you know, other countries around the world. I think, you know, unemployment comes to mind. I think that's a, that's a massive, a massive issue. I think those statistics are quite scary. I mean, it's between 40 and 50 percent of South Africans are unemployed at the moment. So that already, you know, you know, pushes that uh, that percentage up and makes it more scary. So if people aren't working. Um, and if you are working and you're scared of the unemployment rate, you know, the, you know probably the last thing in your mind is going to be saving and, and investing. You know, so that's probably a one big thing. I think another one could be education around investing, education around money. And I think that's why, you know, your podcasts are so amazing because it, it enables us to educate, you know, one another and learn from each other and the importance of, of investing and saving. So that, that could be a part. I think we live in a, in a spending culture. We, we earn our money and we, you know, we spend it tomorrow. And I think that's, uh, you know, we live for today. And I, and I think there needs to be a bit of a mind shift, you know, in that where it says we earn our money, we can definitely spend a bit, we need to live for now. Uh, but at the same time, we need to take a percentage of that and we need to put it away, you know, for the longer term. So I think it, it might be, you know, just a, that, that spending culture. And then of course, our cost of living is high. If we look at the you know the price of uh, you know you just go and buy a basket of goods and, and how expensive that is you know for the basic stuff you know the bread the milks you know the vegetables all that kind of stuff we look at the price of petrol transport is there enough for us at the end of the month for us in order to to save so i think it's a it's a combination of things and you know from an investment structure point of view there might be a perception out there that you know investments are, are high financial planners are high brokers are high in in, in terms of fees and, and people become reluctant to, to invest when it comes to that. So we need to break down those barriers and say, you know, investing doesn't need to be expensive. You know, it, you, you can invest five rand, 10 rand, you know, especially on the easy equity platform and, and just get started. You know, we can't use that excuse anymore of, you know, things are, things are too expensive. Just get down and, uh, and, and invest and save. You know, Craig, you've you've raised some interesting points and I and I agree with all of them. You know, when I was preparing for this discussion with you, I also noticed that the language around retirement is very complicated. And I think it could be quite intimidating if I'm, you know, entering into the job market and now I'm hearing about Provident Fund and then there's a pension fund and then there's an RA and then there's contributions and limits and taxes. It's just it's so much. So I think even when the educating part is being done, it needs to be done in a way that that the average South African can understand it. And perhaps that's something that we can do on the podcast in terms of getting the retirement 101s, you know, out of the way and, 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 and explaining some of these concepts. Um, you know, so Craig, could you give our listeners a brief explanation of 
you know, what's a provident fund, what's a retirement annuity, and what's a preservation fund. It's terms that will come up, you know, when our listeners are doing research on on how they should um, set up their retirement goals. So could you just go through the three for us and, and explain what they mean? The first comment from our side is when we talk about retirement planning, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, talking about retirement annuities, pension, provident funds, all those kind of things. In your retirement plan, you know, you could have a share portfolio, you could have a US dollar investment, you could have an ETF. So when we when we talk about retirement, it doesn't necessarily have to fall within those areas of my pension fund at work and this and that. Because I think your retirement planning needs to be more diversified. It needs to come it needs to have other investments within that structure as well. So just to just to get that out the way, Sepo, if that's all right. So when it comes to a provident fund, that's usually you know something that you would be offered when you go to an employer. An employer would, would offer you a, a package, and in that package you'd have a salary, um, and in that you'd have a percentage of that salary that gets you know deducted and is paid into a provident fund or a pension fund. So that's something that's offered by the company, and it is really it's actually an excellent way of saving for retirement because it's forced on you. You have to do it. You know, it's part of your employment contract and a percentage of your salary is going to is going to be paid to that. And the money that comes in your bank account, you know, on the 25th of every month is going to be after all those deductions are done, are taken care of, which is excellent because it's forcing you to save, which I think a lot of us, we don't have that forced saving which sits on us. It's like, OK, well, X amount is coming to my bank account. It's like, oh, well, now I have to invest something. You know, whereas pension or provident fund, that's already been taken care of in the back end and you can just kind of forget about it. The next one is, a, I think you mentioned a retirement annuity. So that's something, that's an investment that sits outside of an employer. So you would need to do that in your own personal capacity. Um, and you can take that with any, finan- most financial, financial institutions have it. And, uh, and you decide on the contribution and the money goes in and you've got your tax advantages. Um, it's tied in until you get to the age of 55. So it comes with the usual sort of retirement structures, you know, with it. And then the, you mentioned a preservation fund. I love preservation funds. It's like the name says. So if, if you leave an employer and you've got a provident or a pension fund um, and you, you, you resign and you go into a new company, you take whatever's sitting in your provident fund or your pension fund and you transfer it into the preservation fund and then the money gets preserved in there. You can't contribute to it, but the money is literally preserved and it grows in there um, until you get to retirement, until you want to start accessing it one day. So if you leave an employer, think preserve, think preservation fund, um, and that money is going to wait for you until you need it um, in your later years. Man, Greg, you've you've simplified it because when you do readings on these three, they're so complicated. I think you've simplified it. And, you know, even before you got into the explanation, what you said was so important. You know, in my mind, when I think about retirement planning, I only think of these three. I don't think that a share portfolio can be a part of it or my tax-free savings account can be a part of it. So, And I think that's so important that we get people to look at it holistically. Uh, And maybe that, that, that will answer the next question that I have for you which is what does having enough for retirement actually mean? I I see it quite often where they say, you know, when you look at the stats, most South Africans aren't uh, saving enough. What is enough when it comes to retiring? You know, that question, you know, would be completely based on on your own needs, Um, you know, the own life that you want to live in the future, your own values, your own goals, your dreams, your aspirations. So if you've got two people who who have come from very different backgrounds, 
and got very different goals and they're both retiring with five million rand you know they, their needs are going to be very very different they're going to use that five million rand in you know in very very different ways and and the one might want uh, a beach holiday every year the other one might want to you know go camping once a year which which means you know the one who's going overseas every single year and needs you know twenty thousand rand a month that five million rand might not be enough whereas for the next person it, it, it might be more than enough and they're going to leave lots of money for their kids so i think it just comes down to you know your your own you know your own situation and your own dreams i think enough means living the way you want to live you know without running out of money I mean, I had a client a couple of years ago who said to me, you know, when when he dies, he wants to have zero in his bank account. You know, so that that, that was his plan. You know, he just wanted to live his life to its fullest and make sure that he's got enough money to live at that day when he is no longer on planet Earth. So that's a tricky one because you don't know when you're going to die. You know, you don't know when you're going to retire, at what age and how long that's going to live for. So my retirement plan is set at age 70. I'd love to have a little bit of flexibility when I get to age 70. And I think that is, that's quite different to the conversations that happen at the moment. A lot of people talk about 60, 65. And I'm like, if, if I love what I'm doing and I enjoy the work that I'm doing, why would I want to retire early? So maybe giving me that little bit of flexibility and a little bit more freedom when I'm at age 70 is, is my goal. And then I want my money to run out when I'm 100. You know, so I might die before that. I might maybe live a little bit longer than that. But by making sure that my money lasts until 100, I think I'm all right when it comes to that. And then you can throw in all the different calculations and assumptions. But, you know, in terms of keeping it simple, therefore, how much is enough? It's based on your your own sort of, you know, set of circumstances. And that makes so much sense, Craig, because it almost feels like when you start planning for retirement, you need to spend some time thinking and looking at your goals and your dreams and what you want to achieve and the type of life you want to live and then you actually get into the planning itself so it's almost like this is what i want to achieve the how is the actual ra or the pension fund or the shares or whatever whatever way you're going to use in order to to get to those goals but in terms of the calculation itself i mean what factors should we consider when we're trying to calculate the actual amount itself um i know there's all types of retirement calculators uh, what do these calculators take into consideration? The first one to take into account is what you're earning at the moment. So, so take your gross salary, uh, you know, deduct the tax. I think that would be that would be the first part. So, what comes into your bank account so that gives you your net income. I would then go through my expenses at the moment. You know, so so check what you're spending your money on. You know, is it a bond, car repayments, uh, school fees, groceries, medical aid, all those types of things. Um, put that in one column. And then the next column then say, okay, well, when I get to, you know, 60, 65, 70, what are those expenses going to look like at that point in time? So for me personally, hopefully my, you know, the school fees are going to drop off. My bond is going to be paid for. Um, I might not have car repayments at that point in time. I want to be able to then buy car cash, you know, when I'm in retirement, because I'm not going to be earning an income, you know, any longer at that point. So I don't have a salary which can, you know, fund, you know, paying off a vehicle. So I want to make sure that I've got capital in order to pay for a for a vehicle every five, six, ten years, whatever your values around cars are. Once you've taken all those expenses out, that would give you a fairly good idea of what, you know, rand amount you're going to need when you get to retirement. Then you've got to plug that in and you've got to future value that. So then you've got to say, okay, well that, you know, ten thousand rand or fifteen thousand rand a month now, you know, with inflation 
is probably going to be you know 40 50,000 rand by the time i get to retirement so the, the big part of this conversation simple is inflation so you can't say that i need 15 grand when i retire in, tw- in 20 years time uh, you know you've got to take that inflation into account so i think that's where a lot of miscalculations come in so you need to be able to increase that by inflation so now you've got your income in retirement you're going to know what that is then you will need to take in what i call sort of capital flows so capital flow could be um, you know how often do you want to go on holiday you know are you going to reno- need to renovate your house or paint your house every couple of years are you going to get a, a new car every every 10 years and plug those numbers in because I think of what a lot of people fail to do is they provide for income in retirement, but they don't provide for those capital requirements. And those capital requirements have to come from somewhere. You know, so if you've taken all your money and you've put it into your living annuity and it's giving you your 15,000 Rand a month, but a few years down the line, oh, you know, you need 100,000 Rand for a new car or for a house, where's that going to come from? You might have tied it up in your pension fund. So you need to have you know, liquid money in retirement to provide for those capital expenses. So, so those are the kind of conversations that uh, that you need to get into um, when it comes to you know how much is enough and how do I get there. And then, Craig, you know, going back to the calculation, what else should we be considering? Are there actual numbers that we should be putting together as well? You know, number crunching. It's a difficult one to wrap our heads around, but at, at the minimum, I would say. If you're 25 years old, you should be at least putting and investing 15% of your salary away every single month. So if your company isn't taking and deducting that as a deduction into your pension fund or provident fund, you need to be taking that 15% from your very first salary check and putting that into a long-term you know, investment structure. So that's one way to think about it, 15% from day one. Because if you then only start thinking about putting something away when you're 30 years old, a 35 year old, 35 years old, that 15% is now going to be 20, 25%. Because now you haven't taken advantage of compounding, you haven't saved enough over your, your in your earlier career. So that, that percentage is just going to get higher and higher the longer you delay investing for. The other number you can work on is 20 times your annual salary when you get to retirement. So take whatever your, your annual salary is at the moment and say, I'm going to need 20 times that value when I get to age 65 or 70 and work towards that. And it's going to be a scary number, but you have to start somewhere. If you're going to leave it longer and longer, it's going to be harder and harder for you to get to that point in time. And then it becomes important so you know what you're working towards. So it's no longer just this enough, but it's an actual concrete number. And then another question, Craig, is so let's just say I I calculated and I need 5 million when I retire. During this journey of working towards my retirement goals, do I keep recalculating everything? And how often do I do it? Because, you know, inflation will kick in, investments will do well, they'll do badly. Do I just calculate it once and then sort of be like, hey, I'm just going to do my best? Or do I keep, do I keep recalculating it and, and, and checking up on it? Yeah, good question. And I, I think that it, it should be assessed at least once a year. I think for me, it's like a budget. You know, I don't believe in budgeting every month. Doing it once a year at the minimum or when you go through a financial transition. So financial transition could be starting a new job, um, it could be changing jobs, it could be getting married, it could be having kids. You know, any life event that has a financial impact, I would revisit my budget and I'd revisit my retirement plan at the same time. You know, Craig, as you speak in this, there's something that just came to my mind. When we're talking about retirement planning and we're doing the calculations and and we're thinking about all these various options that you have, is it wise to do it on your own? 
or perhaps lean on you know a certified financial planner who can at very least help you to set the plan up and then you take it from there i mean what are your thoughts and, and feelings about that both ways are, are good enough uh Tepo, i think uh, you know consulting with a financial planner and you know somebody who is certified somebody who is fee-based somebody who's not going to sell you a product is definitely a great option to to lean on um, then you've got the DIY option, you know, which Easy Equities is all about, you know, so, so go on and, and, and run your own retirement scenario. I mean, we've got a, a robo tool called Murphy where you can go and do your retirement projections like we've just spoken about, put in your income, put in, convert it into a future value, what your expenses are, and it's going to give you a very good idea of what you should be putting away at the moment in order to get to retirement. So I think a combination of the two is probably the way to go at the moment with, with all the technology and all the calculators and all the apps that are available out there. You can go both routes. For me personally, retirement is a very touchy subject for me. I know a lot of people that have gotten into a situation where their parents didn't save enough for retirement. And so when their parents retired, they now needed to take on some of their responsibilities, responsibilities of their parents. So to assist them, to pay for this, to pay for that. And because they were now assisting their parents, they couldn't save for their own retirement. And so when they get older, the same thing seems to be happening over and over and over again. How do we start to change that mindset, um, Craig? You know, we're trying our best with the podcast and, you know, we've got the easy research portal. It's got amazing information. We've got blogs. How do we start to change that psyche so we can break those kind of chains that so many families families are, are right in the middle of? Depo, I think that's an amazing question. There's a lot that's been written about the, the sandwich generation and we kind of sit in that because we're looking after our parents and then we've also probably got our kids which mm. we need to support as well. So we've got those costs that are coming in from both sides and we're sitting in the middle like a sandwich. The way to break down those barriers is to find a way to force savings upon yourself. You know, I, I, I chatted to, to a few guys within our own company and, and they said that they're going to have some difficult conversations with their parents mm. or with the, their family members that are that they are surrounded by because they're going to go to them and they're going to say, geez, mom, dad, uncle, auntie, I can't save, I can't invest. Living in Joburg, living in Gauteng, did you know that you pay for parking when you go to the shops? Did you know that I've got to tip the security guard? Did you know I've got this, how much petrol costs and all that kind of stuff? And they're not really aware of the costs that are associated with living. They just hear that you're earning this, this, this massive salary, but they don't understand the costs that are associated with it. So they're speaking about having these very difficult conversations with their family members and say, I'm going to save, I don't want to be a burden on my kids, I'm going to invest, don't expect a lot of money from me, you're going to survive, you're going to live, I'll make sure you're taken care of, but I need to take care of myself and my future generations to come. Craig, I'm absolutely loving this conversation because it's so real and you're giving us real advice from people that you interact with on a daily basis. Um, retirement is so important. And so, you know, that wraps up part one of our conversation with Craig, telling us everything we need to know about retirement, why it's so important to save towards it. How do you calculate the amount, um, you know, so that we can just start thinking about it so we can start working towards, you know, those retirement goals that we want to achieve. Part two of the conversation will focus on the how. How do we actually do it? Easy does it. That's how we do. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.